Blog Talk Radio. Practical self-help advice 
and contemporary faith to help black men and also the women who love them to be able to nurture the strength and, and power that is our own birthright. So, as always, I am always excited about sharing books such as this and teaching as humbly as I can assume the position of being a teacher because it's my philosophy that we all are teachers and we can all teach one another. Each one, reach one, teach one. Um, I, I'm very humbled to say that, indeed, I've read this book and it has taught me quite a bit in terms of myself and also to understand my fellow brothers and sisters, especially the brothers within our community. She goes on to state, as the title of this uh, segment is about the drum, Sister Ayana states that the African-American people, that the songs and the instruments and the verbal cadence that's used in some forms of religious worship do not stir the soul or just or jar the spirit memory of the modern black man. Let me repeat that. Sister Ayana states that the songs, the instruments, the verbal cadence, used in some forms of religious worship do not stir the soul or jar the spiritual memory of modern black men. His memory of the drum, his ear is tuned to the sing-song rhythm of incantations. Like the Archbishop George A. Stalling stated, the founder of black Catholic uh, movement, black men have begun and must continue to challenge organized religion to be more responsive to your spiritual needs. And those who remain silent continue to deny a part of our spiritual self and delay your own spiritual unfoldment. Before I go any further, I must acknowledge the fact that my significant other half of my life, my wife, just walked into the studio, and I'd just like to uh, say hello and welcome her. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Oh, fantastic. It's good to have you again with us. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. Yes. And as you hear me, I'm talking about the drum in this segment. Well, I'd like to mention that you uh, drum Friday night oh, yes. at the Buddhist temple in Manhattan on 15th Street, and uh, that was an experience that people are still talking about. So I, I really appreciated being able to make it. Uh-huh. You know, I had to take, I took off early from work to make sure that I could be there. Yes. And yes. that was a really, really awesome event. It mm-hmm. was such a energy-raising, conscious, progressive. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's too many adjectives all flooding into my mind at the same time. Mm-hmm. But it was just an awesome event, and I know that people, people's vibrations are still elevated from having, having attended. Mm. So I just want to mention that. Mm. Well, thank you so much for remembering that. Yes, yes, my wife was talking about uh, uh, Brother Anaje Allen Gums, who has created this uh, production titled New Vintage, and he's highlighting the fact that, indeed, we're going through a renaissance on so many levels, specifically and foremost on a spiritual level. And, of course, the highest of any spiritual art 
that uh, exists is that of music, which has a universal language. So I, I thank um, I thank you, Hun, uh, for mentioning that, and, and uh, I'm just humbled that I was able to be able to partake partake in that type of experience. And I pray to the Most High to our ancestors that I can still be used as a vehicle uh, via the drum to to use it for a healing modality. And that's something that I wanted to get into, is the fact that, indeed, the drummer was long noted back in the day of, of time when we all lived in Africa, uh, those of us of African descent, going beyond 400, 500 years ago before we were brought here to this part of the, of the, of the world in the Western Hemisphere, the drummer was, played a very significant part in the community. So uh, in terms of the religious and, and responsible theology that we incorporated within our community, we are now challenged for the last 100 years or so with going away, being drawn away from the purity of our music. And uh, the basis of that music was founded around the drum. And I know that I, I stated that we were going to be reviewing the uh, uh, the book titled The Spirit of a Man, but I must uh, just incorporate another book that I really much love uh, reviewing and reading its contents. And uh, my wife and I both have uh, uh, become delighted with uh, the contents of this book for many reasons. But most importantly, um, the book titled The Healing Drum, and African Wisdom Teachings by Brother Yaya Diallo and Brother Mitchell Hall, um, they actually expound upon the fact that um, the music was an essential part of the community in this particular part of Africa. And the community that he is from, that Brother Yaya Diallo is from, is, is the Miniaka community. Uh, community, and that's in West Africa. So he says music is essential to the Miniaka existence. In the West, by contrast, music is basically a luxury, a form of entertainment. However, as he explains that in a Miniaka village, music is necessary for work, celebration, religious observance, initiation, funerals, and healing. And most of all, um, what I find that as a drummer, as an African drummer, I also happen to be a jazz drummer, but specifically from the African drumming perspective, that is very much, I'm very cognizant of the fact that the music that we've been exposed to in mass, especially as of late within the last 5, 10, 15 years or so, hasn't been all focused entirely on healing. As a matter of fact, just the contrary. It's been very uh, discerning, uh, disheartening rather, for the music that we are exposed to to be more destructive than constructive, more um, dealing with creating illness as opposed to creating and maintaining a sense of healing. And it is my desire, my prayer, that I can be part of that change of providing music that is healing, uh, that um, we are able to reverse those tendencies for whatever reason that they may be 
and have influenced the current generation to wake up, if you will, to cease to be uh, dogmatic with regard to the music that they create and they perform. So Yaya goes on to state that music and dance is learned in much the same way as we learn to walk or to speak our native language. The Miyaka learned to dance by participating from the earliest age in community dancing. Children with an interest in music learn by playing with more experienced players. To play means to be playful as well as to make music. And women of all ages are also musicians. They sing and play a wide variety of instruments. And like my wife, who plays a wide variety of instruments, and I myself, we find it, it's very therapeutic to be able to, at your you know, slightest inclination, to be able to pick up an instrument and to play a song, to be able to go in to, to sing. And sometimes here at home, we find ourselves humming tunes and, and synchronicity uh, and synchronistic uh, types of connections. We're thinking of the same tone or song, rather, and being able to actually engage in spontaneous uh, sing-song interaction. So that's part of the African tradition. It is nothing that is unique. Uh, however, we find that we are able to not recognize the uniqueness of it because of the fact that we've been conditioned to be contrary to that type of inclination. So a special instrument for women is the water drum, which is made from a vehicle, or should I say a vessel, that is filled with water. And it's covered with an inverted calabash. Calabash is a uh, shell that's, that comes from a vegetable that's, uh, ate, that's uh, used in the village as a, as a nourishment. And also there's an individual becomes, if one becomes disturbed emotionally and psychologically, that a drummer is called upon to uh, determine what psychological imbalance is seen as a symptom of social imbalance and possible disharmony within the invisible world. Because that's something that's very, very much true within the Minneapolis community, is that the invisible world is considered to be more real than the visible world. And the Minneapolis regards their musicians as having the necessary skills of intelligence, memory, observation and social interaction required to bring a person back into uh, in tune with self and others. And I can just say that when I was a young man that I can remember there was various times when, uh, such as in the R&B uh, community, rhythm and blues, R&M and, 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 and the, the whole, which some friends of mine would call a uh, codependent type of song. Baby, I need your loving, can't do without you. If you leave me, I'm just going to, you know, fall out and lose my mind and so forth. All these types of songs and the themes were contrary to the original African tradition, which was not to uh, have you feeling in a sense of lacking, but to develop a sense of being fulfilled. And I guess that's what the church provided. That's what gospels and and um, songs of that nature, the spirituals and the church provided you with the sense of fulfillment. But that's another show, because there's some areas in that which also, I think, guided us in the direction which was not really that healthy. 
However, we can think of my brother, who I've met once through a friend of mine who played in his band and and was the music director, uh, Brother Tyrone Jefferson, uh, who played with James Brown for a couple of years as his music director. He was performing at the uh, Radio City Music Hall, and he invited me up to his dressing room, and I never forget the moment. I remember that it always made me open up, along with reading the autobiography of Malcolm X, when I heard songs such as James Brown, I say it loud, I'm black and proud, and what have you. That really inspired me to say, yes, this is a man who is actually holding on to his background uh, as a man of African descent. And then I found out years later that he was part of the Gullah uh, community in South Carolina. And when you go in, I've heard that when you go into these various communities, they speak a dialogue that's directly linked to the West African um, communities that you will find in those parts of Africa. So, it, you know, there's something to say about as we were drawn away, farther away from the African traditions, that indeed the modalities became more um, destructive as opposed to destructive, more incorporating a sense of illness as opposed to a sense of healing. So uh, Yaya goes on to explain that emotional disturbance is expressed in irregularities of music tone and, and blockage, disharmonious neuromuscular and physiological rhythms possess this disharmony. So he also says that an emotionally unbalanced person experiences shadow or irregular breathing. Heart symptoms such as uh, dysfunctional uh, digestive disturbances and distressed thinking that is reflected in excited brain wave patterns. Music profoundly affects this musical tone and body rhythms and the emotions and respiration and heartbeat, digestive peristalsis and brain waves tend to become synchronized to a certain type of music that is destructive. And thusly, conversely rather, by playing appropriate rhythms, the Minneapolis musicians are able to stabilize and synchronize the physiological and motor rhythms of their patients through the audible vibrations of music. And this music can be, uh, come, it can come from drumming or it can come from various instruments that are prevalent within these African communities. And also, indeed, they're prevalent within our Western communities. We just have to recognize what these instruments are and also to make them available to us uh, and to our family on an ongoing basis and educate each other about the uh, effects of various instruments and, of course, various recorded uh, music that we expose ourselves and our children and family as a whole. So this is something I think that can be received with uh, a certain amount of contemplation in terms of how real this is and how significant it is for us to be aware of the types of songs that we expose ourselves and our family to, especially our children and the types of rhythms that we expose them to, and to really create a certain mindset, a certain conviction, 
and to have within our community the notion that, yes, we have to be proactive in terms of what we embrace in our lives. As I always share with my wife, we actually share with each other, people, places, and things have a direct influence upon how you become and who you are. So as we um, are I'm doing this show Sunday evening, there are hundreds of thousands of us, if not millions, who are still dealing with the hangover from Friday and Saturday of so-called partying and socializing in environments which were really not conducive to them in terms of their own well-being, physiologically, psychologically, and most of all, spiritually. So at this point, I'd like to take a short break, and then we shall continue. Please stay tuned. Of course, we know that when you have a blood clot, 
that that is a precursor to a stroke or a heart attack. So just simple things such as drinking water adequately during the course of the day, and especially at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day before you go to sleep is very, very important. So I just wanted to share that. And then in future shows, I will share with you the fact that in these there are different types of water. You have distilled water. You have uh, uh, water that uh, is, is even machines catch, such as, what's the name of the machine, honey? Oh, the, uh, alkaline water. Alkaline water, which you have various machines that uh, produce this alkaline water. We don't have to be in, involved with the names or the brands of them, if you will, but you can always Google water and, and purifying or alkalining machines that uh, make water more alkaline and takes out the impurities. And speaking about alkaline, it's very important that we are aware of the fact that our bodies can either be alkaline, balanced, and that is uh, having a certain amount of alkaline in the, in the body, and I think it's 8.5, which is your normal pH. Seven. Okay, so seven is the number. And then, of course, your body can become acidic. And there are various things that can be a precursor to your body being acidic, such as eating the wrong foods, not having enough water, uh, cons consumption of alcohol, and other types of drugs, and, and processed food, and also uh, food that contains sugar, specifically white sugar. So all of these are things that we will be discussing on an ongoing basis on our show, and I hope that you can uh, spread the word about our show and also whatever you learned that you will spread the word about the knowledge that's been shared with you. It is very important that we start becoming um, concerned about our brothers and sisters, being our brother and our sister's keeper in any way in which we can, especially as it pertains to optimizing our health. So I, I just cannot say that enough. Uh, so, yes, before we end, let me just go back to the book that we're reviewing, uh, dealing with the drum. The drum happens to be, a like many other instruments, one that might not realize that drumming and dancing can be a very healthy uh, exercise in terms of your physiological health. By drumming, uh, you're moving your arms, you're sitting in a certain posture, you start breathing a certain way, and that's another very important uh, topic that we will be covering in terms of proper breathing, that one should incorporate um, breath control, and there's various so-called uh, breathing exercises that one can incorporate, some stemming from uh, yoga practices, and of course, those stemming even from uh, motherland of Africa, that the drummers and dancers were trained in terms of how to properly breathe. It is recommended that one should breathe like a baby as opposed to breathing from your chest that you would breathe from your abdomen. If you look at a baby and the baby, how the baby breathes, it breathes from its abdomen and in very relaxed form. It, it, it doesn't have to struggle with that. It's a natural process. As we become older, though, especially as we become militarized, those of us who go through the military and, and sports and whatnot, you're told to, taught to breathe from your chest, and that's not really appropriate. So breathing is important. Meditating is important. One can meditate by chanting also, 
by prayer. You know, all of these are things which uh, can assist you in maximizing the health of your body. And, uh, again, you know, we cannot say enough about the fact that the uh, people, places, and things, specifically the noise that you're exposed to, we tend to be conditioned to want to feel that it's normal to be around a lot of excitement. And that has its place, you know, but for the most part, one should be in an environment that is... 90 seconds. ...and has a, a, a energy that is soothing as opposed to be excitable. I notice I must uh, say hello to my dear sister, Donis, who's been listening, and uh, I send you love and healing vibration and energy and uh, looking forward to speaking with you soon. Um, again, I thank all of you for tuning in this evening. I thank all of you who will be listening to this show archives, uh, and I do ask that you share with your friends, family, and associates Grassroots Holistic Talk Radio. As always, I must give homage to our uh, Most High, to our ancestors, to our guardians, to my my mother-in-law, to all my siblings, to my friends, and to my wife. I give thanks for being able to share with you this knowledge that has been exposed on each show. I bid you farewell. Assalamu alaikum, shalom, all my relations, etipu, peace and love to all, and have a blessed weekend. Ashay.